Welcome, everyone. Yes, it's a very odd time. Very odd time to be doing the Friday show. But um, today, today I had some, um, you know, some plans cancel and uh, some things. You know, I moved up and I decided to visit um, visit Dave at uh, Shantytown, right, Hanover, Dave. And, um, and and you know, it was funny. It was funny visiting because I, I remember so many times, like from 2016 onwards. Every time I left uh, his his property, I thought, man, this is it. This is the last time I'm going to see it. This is going to get bulldozed by the town uh, before I, I come back next. And every time I, I you know, every time I return, he's um, still there. So that's I, I'd say, you know, despite everything, that's a huge victory, huge white pill. Um, but anyway, so I visited, and the reason I visited today was um, because today is April first, and we have a. Um, we have, or Dave has a um, tradition of on the 1st of April, no matter what the weather or temperature is, to um, jump into the uh, Mink Brook at the uh, Tansy Nature Preserve. 
and so sorry indigestion um and so i've missed it because i ever forgot or i was elsewhere or wasn't able to attend so finally this year i i think okay you know i'm gonna I'm gonna take friday off and i'm gonna go visit dave and i did it was great um it was um yeah it was really good to be there it's like coming back um coming back to uh, you know coming back home seeing um seeing you know, dave and everyone else there old friends it was um it was really good and i actually did go into the water and i gotta say jumping into cold water and I, i've heard of it i keep hearing about the benefits of a cold shower every morning but it just isn't the same as literally submerging yourself in a, a roaring river or i guess in that case a brook to be more uh, more precise but uh just going under i i do have video of it but um yeah, yeah, be some, but yeah, I, I do have video of it, but I won't. Oh, yeah, I won't play it. Uh, play it on the show. And yeah, it just really gave me um, a jolt of energy, and I felt great all day. But it also, you know, starting to starting to wear down a bit. Um, so I want to get the show done. Um, show done early today. Um, oh, I wish I could. It'd be great. I, you know, there is a lake nearby, so I suppose I could do that every day, or actually even before every show, just because. Yeah, it would be if I. I don't know, you know, I'm still thinking. I don't know, I'll come up with a, a permanent time for the show, but, um... I'll come up with a permanent time for the show. Obviously, if you want to listen to it live, the best thing to do is to um, follow me on Odyssey at Shire Free Media. But I will settle soon, just because, really, it's terrible for viewer retention doing it at different times. But today was, um, today was something special. And so that gave me hope. That gave me um, hope, and I'm going to be a lot more uh, positive on tonight's show than I was planning on being. But and uh, actually, one of the guys I was um, one of one of the um, guys at uh, Dave's place. He apparently like this wasn't his first time in the in the water. He would go um, in the winter. He would break off sheets of ice from like a river and then you know submerge himself. And he helped. Actually, I got caught. I slipped on a rock and got caught in the, or I was about to get caught in the current. And um, he uh, he grabbed me and. Um, and uh, yeah, help me get back. Um, help me get back to land. He actually loaned me his towel too, because I wasn't expecting to do it. I figured Dave had already gone in with um, with his wife, but uh, she said it was too cold, so he hadn't yet. So it was um, it was all very special. Um, and I, I did ask. I say, yeah, do you do the Wim Hof method? And he said, yeah, yeah. And the breathing and stuff. And I I don't I don't know how you could focus on your breathing because when I was in that water before I before I dived in, like first it was first it was my feet. And I lost all feeling in my feet to the point where um, when I when I got out of the water, my foot was bleeding or my my ping, my uh, little toe was bleeding because I guess I cut it on a sharp stone or something. And um, yeah, it was just so cold I, I didn't didn't feel anything. And so um, then I get submerged to um, let's say I started because you know I took off. Uh, I was just in my underwear um, because I was just going to visit. I wasn't expecting to uh, to go in, but so I get I get down to my underwear and I go into the brook. And I'm like, sh I'm like hypervent. Oh, fuck, this is Nord VPN. I'm hyperventilating. Uh, just because I guess I don't know if it was an asthma thing or something, but I, I just couldn't breathe through my nose. I'm like, <laughs> and it was so cold because I'm, I'm the one who like, I think it like last summer. I think what was it? Yeah, I, I the first time I went into water, um, for 2021 was at Rogers Campground at the um at the rogers campground pool at uh, at forkfest last year 
and so normally yeah like i only swim i'm just super sensitive to um water temperature so i used to only swim like one month of the of the year and i was in july but um yeah no i was i was sad to get out and i, I did have to get out because i would have you know i would have um, been you know shivering too hard uh, because it was like windy and it was raining i mean it, it was in the 40s and it had rained all day or it rained yesterday uh yeah rained all morning and then it was there was snow everywhere just a few days ago um not even last week yeah, not even a week ago the whole place was covered in snow and um but the rain washed away the ice so yeah it was probably the water was probably in like you know the um the the high 30s but uh yeah damn it felt good damn it felt good very invigorating right like you know all of the it's like it, it was it's like the opposite or the inverse of an energy drink where you get all of the rush of energy um and you feel like this adrenaline but you don't have a crash afterwards although i you know i mean you know it is um it does wear off but uh, yeah it was it, it was great it was great could replace some energy drink so anyways all right i wanted to start the show off with some good news because now i'm going to go into some terrible news actually um in my view and uh so yeah i'm, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm gonna yeah um I'm, I'm gonna try and be positive about or at least neutral about this and not be too insult um insulting or offensive this is from marijuanamovement.net new hampshire house approves state-run marijuana legalization bill and rejects psilocybin decriminalization measure and so now um i, I didn't know about the uh, psilocybin um de- decrim I, I didn't know about that that that, that really sucks um but of uh, the state-run it's 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 honestly it's a it's a monopoly marijuana legalization it's a corporate fascism um and i saw people trying to say this as a good thing and i see people complain you know i i saw um buzz on nh politics hashtag nh politics on twitter people complaining about this saying this is terrible the the bill and this article does a good job um so i'm not gonna yeah it does a good job of explaining it so i don't want to give away too much in my initial rant but um, basically you're not allowed to cultivate your you you can't grow it right you can't grow your own cannabis and only i think like 15 companies 15 companies are going to be allowed to grow it and so this is you know it's corporate fascism um normal people i mean this, this is literally a plant you grow in the ground right every single state and country or, or province right because of quebec every province and state that sort of borders new hampshire allows for home cultivation i mean this is this is a crime against humanity right you're allowing corporations to grow this shit right corporations with a government permission slip to grow this and not uh, not normal people i mean how could anyone support this it's so disgusting it's okay i'm, I'm not gonna be nice um, you know i i only took like one sip of wine and i'm already pissed off but um it's just so disgusting people trying to say that this is a good thing right and, and now it, it really shows like the difference between the libertines people who and the libertarians right people who understand freedom and the people who you know their understanding of freedom is just you know freedom to do whatever you want freedom to be a hedonist um you know basically you know freedom to live in a um consumerist uh corporate society you know people who never cook for themselves people who go and either you know if they even use a microwave they um uh eat out do uber eats all the time and this isn't just you know this isn't like this is a societal thing right i asked my father once about um eating out and he said that uh you know when he was a child in the 50s you know 50s and 60s and he said that because he had a big family of four you know his family was a family of or family of six right you know parents and uh, two parents and uh, four children it was expensive to eat out so if they ever did it would be very rare on a birthday or something and it would just be you know regular you know 50s diner fare 
Um, and then when I grew up eating out, I guess it was these are so many different um, chains, but I mean, there had to be a uh, you know, there, there had to be a reason to do it. I'm sorry, I'm already on a tangent, but whatever. There had to be a reason to do. It. There had to be an occasion, right? And so, um, you know, by the time when I was a child, and then eventually towards like you know the 2010s, like you know, it was it, it was very easy to come up with a um, to come up with an excuse. But it was about like once a week. And then now I'm in college, and like some people, it's just like every day, you know, go to Chipotle every day. And I guess I could sort of understand that. For as we covered a uh, lunchflation in the previous episode, I could understand that if you um you know if you work in the city it's better or i mean it's it probably could be convenient to go and you know eat out at least for lunch but um and i was watching a uh, an interview on fox news of one of some new york business um business owner and she said that um she was talking about the it was like a food she she ran some sort of restaurant said that people uh oh no she said that that because like people are in the city are so in, in general are so busy they don't have time to cook so they have to eat out all like every night but so i sort of understand that but still um um you know this is like and i think was i saw uh, i think it's there's gonna be three three yeah i'm trying to you know work someone complained my, my father gave me grief about my accent so now i'm gonna try and slowly phase my voice into being um uh receive what's called received What's RP? It's like received pronunciation. So I'm going to be rolling my R's. Yeah, RP. Based on educated speech in Southern England. Yeah, so I'm going to be rolling my R's. Um, but anyways, enough of me shouting. Um, although, but, but, but anyways, to finish, to finish the point... Um, uh, it's like, if the people who want to support this, ju I mean, well, like, all right, hold on, okay, I, I, can't, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but from what I've been seeing, uh, from my perspective, a lot of the people who support this, this bill, uh, just, uh, are either shills, right, or, you know, just, just, just shills, people who just literally support anything, um, that Sunu, we're not, in this case, not Sunu, but to just, you know, support anything that's, like, remotely, um, sounds remotely libertarian, or they just just care about smoking weed, right? Because this is not good for freedom. And some people might say, "Oh, well, it's better than what we currently have." But at this point, I think it's better that we just we just put pressure on Washington D.C. to just remove cannabis from the schedule system altogether, so we don't have to deal with corporate fascism like this. So we could, you know, we could just grow our own um, cannabis and not be a George Soros zombie weed. Right, that's giving people schizophrenia. Right, this uh, factory farmed weed. Right, Monsanto weed. Yeah, I mean this is yeah this is like guaranteeing we have Monsanto weed in New Hampshire. Um, the New Hampshire House on Thursday approved a bill to legalize marijuana throughout a state-run model. Excuse me, through a state-run model, but the chamber tabled a separate bill that would decriminalize that would have decriminalized possession of psilocybin mushrooms. So they tabled it. Which I I don't see how they could think that mushrooms are worse than worse than cannabis because like if they if they say you shouldn't drive or operate heavy machinery if you smoke cannabis right for I don't know I guess like a day or whatever they'd consider it um, and it's the same thing with mushrooms right all you have to do is and alcohol too uh, you just fall asleep and then you you usually you wake up sober for most things um, 
I can't think of anything that you don't. I mean, uh, with, with uh, hangovers aside, I, I can't think of anything that you still wait that you could still wake up feeling the um, you know fe- feeling the effects. Although what was it, the joke was there's um, for, for, like there's uh, I, I forget what I think there's like a high end um, high end cannabis um, at, at least in you know at least uh, from what I like the, the lingo in northern New England um, is called uh, was it working man's weed because not because it's cheap you know the the the, uh, the strains are not because it's cheap but because uh it's so potent that you um was you smoke it in the evening and then you wake up and you're still high when you go to work um but i you know other than that um so it doesn't make any sense why like mushrooms would be worse than uh more worse than cannabis the, why they would consider mushrooms to be worse than cannabis this is the second time that the House has taken up the state-run cannabis legalization bill, HB 1598, sponsored by Representative Daryl Abbas. It passed on the floor last month, but needed to go back to the Ways and Means Committee because it involved economic components. That panel met several times and made amendments, sending it back to the floor, where the full body passed it again in a 169-156 vote. It now heads to the Senate. Quote, the prime objective of this bill is a policy of legalization of cannabis for both possession and personal use and was passed by the House earlier this session, Representative Timothy Lang said in a statement included in the House calendar. This bill accomplishes that primary objective, so New Hampshire will no longer arrest and prosecute New Hampshire citizens for possession of personal use quantities of cannabis. So I'd rather have this just be a separate bill than giving the cor- giving only corporations control, only 15 corporations control of Canada. I mean, like, pass this separately, right? I mean, I consider that other shit to be a poison pill. Speaking for the committee minority, Representative Richard Ames said that its members agree, quote, that the ongoing prohibition of a commercial system for recreational cannabis within New Hampshire has not and does not work, and that this prohibition continues to foster an illegal and harmful black market. However, the minority believes that there are too many unanswered revenue and spending uncertainties in this bill to warrant its approval at this time. Not that it doesn't allow you to grow to, to grow plants in your own backyard. No, that it's uh, you know, something about trying to squeeze more um, more shekels out of it. While advocates have spent years pushing for an end to cannabis criminalization and a regulated market for adult consumers. Yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing, too. I see some of a cope, and it's total total cope. And anyone saying anything good about this bill, it's total fucking cope. The cope. The cope regarding this bill too is they say, oh well, the, the state is going to collect more taxes, so 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 um, uh, so so we're not going to have to spend as much in property tax. When has a government ever, like, when has the government ever taken more money and um, spent less as a result? I remember my dad, who's a um, you know boomer, Fox News, Reagan Republican. Um, I, I think I I, I said. Um, I think I said something similar, and he, you know, and he's by no means a libertarian, but he says no. Any time the government, the government, he says like, just because you raise more money doesn't mean we're going to lower taxes. We're just going to keep that money and spend it on something else, right? Either giving them bonuses or bailing some corporation out, or you know, or, or you know, spending it on some other you know pork or boondoggle. So it's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, how how do we? Yeah, if that's the definition of gaslighting. Hey, hey, freedom lovers, taxes, you know, collecting taxes is a good thing, right? No, no, so so not anymore. Is it just okay? Well, this is this is a concession. The government wants its money, so you know it needs its bribe money. There's nothing we could do. You know, I mean, this this is uh, you know we had to compromise. So you know, it's it's it will be the same bribe money like you pay the state when you buy alcohol. 
Um, but no, oh, this is a good thing. Them collecting taxes on this is a good thing. <laughs> hey, you know, yay, welcome to 2020. <laughs> you know, this is, yeah. My God. It's like we're turning, it's like we're turning into RoboCop. While advocates have spent years pushing for an end to cannabis criminalization and a regulated market for adult consumers, the idea of a first-in-the-nation, government-run cannabis market has left many stakeholders with reservations. And, yeah, New Hampshire's so free, the government runs the cannabis market. Wow, yeah, I, although, yeah, I guess it's like, they're like, oh, libertarian? No, no, I thought you said libertine. In committee... Members approved an amendment from Lang that removed a proposed 15 license cap for privately owned cultivation businesses that would supply the state run stores of product. Okay, so they remove a cap. Okay. Some advocates and stakeholders appreciate that revision, but representatives of New Hampshire's current medical cannabis industry still feel that lawmakers are advancing legislation that would dramatically impact their viability in the market. So here you go. So even for them, it's still not good enough. The bill as passed prevents adult use consumers from buying infused cannabis products like edibles. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, so so if you don't want to literally fill your lungs with burning burning plant matter, right? If you don't want to harm your lungs, or if let's say you have let's say if you have, I don't know, something like lung cancer and you need cannabis for um to, you know, help with your uh, I guess what was like chemotherapy, I think. Um or to um you know for its anti-cancer properties sorry you're gonna have to go to massachusetts or maine or vermont right not not in new hampshire on the free state of new hampshire right where you could buy yeah <laughs> you could buy um you could buy enough weed to set your house on fire but uh, you can't get any edibles right you can't buy one 100 milligram brownie i really do hope sununu vetoes is just so they could come up with something better or to give the guy, or or you know, or or for um, the uh, federal government to um, reschedule it, and you might be saying, "Oh, we're never going to do that." They would have done it by now. No, do like I, I, every David that he doesn't do this. I mean, I think Biden. I don't know. Maybe he's holding out for. Um, maybe he's holding out for October. I'm hoping he's holding out for 420, just so he could be all you know hip for the kids to legalize just imagine if he legalizes weed on april 20th um so i think it's just yeah just way to um, have it because the thing is though if you buy it you're still going to um or if you have anything to do with weed even if it's legalized in new hampshire um you're still gonna have to worry about the um you know signing the Signing on the um, FFL form, it says, and it's it's very vague in the way it asks the question. I think I think is it are I it, I forget if it asks are you a user or have you ever used um or that might be like the military what it asks, but it um, asks if you smoke uh, smoke cannabis on um on a, a firearm form, and then you might say oh well you know just don't buy a gun through an FFL. Okay, well you know let's say you buy a gun from your neighbor or you know you inherit a gun. Well if you if you get if you get uh pulled over for something and they search your car or if you get um you know for whatever reason if they find you, you if they find that you have a gun and you have weed that's going to um i think that's actually a felony having both a gun and weed um 
I don't know if like you get caught by local cops if we're going to get the feds involved, but um, still, and like, and they, and and what cops love to do is, and you probably see this too if you follow your local law enforcement's Facebook page, where anytime they do a bust on anyone, it could be like you know a small like like you know a, a shack in the woods, it could be. Uh, a tiny, you know, little coffin apartment, but they find, they say, oh, we, you know, they, they take a picture of what they find, right? And it's like a, a tiny little, um, uh, not, not a Caltech, what's, what's the shittier version? Um, a high point. They find like this, you know, high point that's held together by Elmer's glue and duct tape. And, uh, they find like a tiny, tiny roach. And they say, oh, you know, we found a stash of, of, uh, dangerous drugs and, and weapons today. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, I I do I do think that um and and I do think that uh, federal um having you know the federal the feds reschedule or unschedule it um is the best option and no I'm not saying to just sit around and wait until that happens I think that um focus should be put on um you know on on getting um getting that done uh, because that's like when when you have John ba- like when you have John Boehner right the former um. What was he? I think he was like the minor. I think he was the minority speaker for for Republican. Anyways, he he was a Republican senator, uh, or, or politician. I forget. Uh, I I all I all I remember him is just because he cried and then SNL had that the the Boehner baby skit, which was hilarious. Um, but so he as soon as he retired from uh, politics, he became a huge uh, show a huge show for weed. You have um. The uh, his name escapes me, but the uh, Republican senator from uh, Colorado. You have Jerry Nadler. I mean, why can't we get this to happen? Yeah, they have um in the House in um actually yeah I think it did pass the House. The um there was a federal marijuana legalization bill passed by the House. Um, Maggie no not Maggie Hassan. Annie Custer voted for it, and Chris Papas. Uh, did not right and he you know had some really cringe um low iq take on why he didn't vote for it so that would be funny to see if he pisses off enough democrats by by not doing that um see if he gets replaced um although i think gosh i don't know if anyone from new hampshire or maybe even massachusetts remembers scott brown uh but scott brown is his wife i think is running in cd1 um he's scott brown is on hannity all the time like um, I always thought he was an asshole because he um, he was an out of stater who came in, and I was friends with Jim Rubens' son, and this was when Jim Rubens was uh, running for, and you know he's a business uh, businessman in um, Etna, New Hampshire, uh, very beautiful property. I used to do airsoft uh, with his son at um, under property, very one of the most beautiful properties I've seen around here. Very nice, very nice, um, wonderful place for a Highland cattle farm um he uh and I, I thought he had some you know i thought he had a had a good chance i thought he was a reasonable guy and he got totally stonewall and they did the same usual machinations which is funny because shelly sent me a video of it was like a debate it was some candidate in ohio um if there's like a primary for the gop and his opponent got trump's endorsement and he was um you know coping with that and I said, and, and I it just, and, you know, listening to a guy go on, it reminds me so much of what happens in New Hampshire. And apparently it happens in a lot of places. And Trump only made it worse where you would have some out-of-state carpetbagger like Corky Mesner uh, come to New Hampshire, uh, buy property, uh, buy a gun, you know, go to the range, uh, you know, do, do all this stuff. Start, start throwing around money to all sorts of different groups and... 
uh, form. Um, I guess if you lose, well, when when you when you lose, uh, you you form a pack just to keep all that money, and then you know do it all over again the next um, the next cycle. But uh, it was was Don Balduck who was a um, general. Um, he was yeah U.S. Army general. Was he Marines or Army? No, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Army. Um, well, he was he was a general, right? He was a, a general, a veteran, and Cor- and Corky Mesner got Trump's endorsement because he had more money. And it's the same thing everywhere, right? The can even though you could be the shittiest candidate in the world, a total carpetbagger, and you'll get Trump's endorsement just because you have money and yeah, yeah, just just uh, just because of that. And that's why we have so many shitty candidates, at least on the Republican side. I'm sure it's the same with 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 everywhere. Um, and and that's why too I always like I I'd be in like a um a gr- in a uh, a group chat or something and someone comes in they say oh yeah I want to move to New Hampshire and immediately run for office and I'm thinking don't you want to like get to know the people first and and you establish yourself in the community before you immediately uh, try and you know gain a position of power over you know, over the natives here and um, and you know, of course the answer is no no over status I know better oh I'm gonna... And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, well, how about you move to New Hampshire first, and then, you know, and then we'll see. Um, just, uh, just, just, just bad optics all around. Um, the bill is passed, prevents adult use consumers from buying, okay, read that already. Um, oh, hold on, okay, the bill as passed prevents adult use consumers from buying infused cannabis products like edibles, which some advocate, advocates view as unnecessarily restrictive, considering especially considering that medical cannabis patients are permitted to purchase edibles at the limited number of operating dispensaries in the state. Yeah, ver- in um, my, my high school, ver- it, was in, it was in the news, um, there were three students who ended up in the hospital because they took some sort of pill they thought was Xanax. And I'm reading, uh, reading the article, and so they're in the hospital because of whatever pill, and then they say, oh, they also had edibles. It's like, okay, well, like, you know, I'm sure they also had, like, beer or, you know, p- pornography magazines. <laughs> yeah, how how antiquated is that? But I'm sure they had a bunch of, of other shit they weren't supposed to to um, to have, but that doesn't doesn't mean it's dangerous, right? I just – it's just so annoying they lump edibles in with that. Like, what's the worst edibles could do? Make you feel – get really sick or really dizzy? Oh, and you know, that's right. Yeah, the issue is is that they look like candy. Okay, well, like if you go and look at pills, right? What pill doesn't look like some sort of candy or a mint, right? Like a prescription pill. So, it's you know, if you apply Ver- if you apply their logic to their favorite drugs, it doesn't it doesn't hold up. But because the legislation also scraps existing state statute decriminalizing cannabis, the prohibition on edibles created a legal limbo where adults could be potentially criminalized for possessing such products. A member said on the floor, his amendment to ensure that non-patients who possess edibles aren't criminalized was adopted. Notably, the legislation earned some praise from Governor Chris Sununu, who despite being a historical, historically outspoken opponent of adult use legalization, said this month that reform, quote, could be inevitable in the state and that HB 1598 is the right bill and the right structure, yeah, i.e. the right racket, the right grift. Or not, not grift, because that involves, you know, um, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, for, for once, Griff doesn't apply in this situation, but um, yeah, it's the right racket. It's the right, uh, the right scheme to disempower farmers, to disempower the people, and to empower the um, you know states' corporate butt buddies. So if you're ever going to do it, do that bill. He said, okay, and and I mean, even before I read that, right? I mean, if if I didn't, if I wasn't against this already, after reading that, I now I'm double against it. 
I don't, I don't understand. Like I saw someone say Chris Sununu is one of us. They say Chris Sununu is a free stater. Like, no, Chris Sununu was an OG free stater because he was born in New Hampshire. Like, and and and, and they say, oh, yeah, because of, uh, what was it, because of Cato, right? Because of a Cato Institute did, did some, like, interview with him and some Dartmouth professor. And I'm thinking, well, what, wasn't it in, like, I think it was October 2021 that there was um, uh, leaked audio of Sununu shitting on libertarians saying, oh, we're not us, uh, we're, we're fake Republicans, uh, like, it's it's yeah it's it's really um the governor added in a separate recent interview that he's not fully committal in his long-standing opposition to legalization despite the unexpected quasi endorsement from the governor however both the senate majority leader and minority leader recently said they don't think now is the time to legalize raising serious questions about the legislation's path to sununu's death despite the house action on thursday okay well that's good news okay that's making me feel a little bit better the bill outlines a model where all cannabis dispensaries in New Hampshire would be operated by the state under the State Liquor Commission. This is, I mean, this is going to be even worse than in Quebec because at least in Quebec you could grow your own plants. I think you could grow like up to four. It currently proposes a cap on the number of grow licenses and does not include home grow provisions. Adults could possess up to four ounces of cannabis under the law. And I mean, already, and, and that is also, you know, that, like, I mean, like, an ounce could last, like, you know, an ounce lasts, like, up to a year. I, I don't know, you know, four ounces, like, I don't know if they, it's like, they think this is a whole state full of Snoop Dogs, like. Um. So, it was, okay, so the um, author of a bill, Daryl Abaz release the following statement after the New Hampshire House passed HB 1598 legalizing the possession and use of cannabis on a vote of 169 to 156. After the operation and startup costs are repaid to the state under this bill, 50% of the remaining revenue is earmarked to offset the statewide education property tax. This will result in direct property tax relief for granted staters. Rather than send revenue directly to the general fund where it could be used to fund pet projects and grow government, Republicans want to use this new policy opportunity to have a direct downward effect on property taxes. Lowering property taxes was an issue Republicans campaigned on, and we were proving to our constituents that we could affect change rather than just talk about it. Wow, this is, this is, this is, the, here we go, this is what I call political Novocaine, where they give you so, a little bit of something that feels good um, in something that they're trying to poison you with where this is obviously not good for freedom this bill but in order to get you to go along with it they have to give you some novocaine right in, in the iv bag right you have all this poison we're trying to put in you your chain you know the your chain to the uh, chain to the bed and then they're like stop struggling here relax don't do it and they pour like you know a few drops of this novocaine here you're gonna pay fifty dollars less on your property tax bill this year or next year <laughs> next year and say, so, oh yeah, oh. and you know, and it spreads through, and like, and you know, the novocaine spreads through the um, the sac, right? The IV and all the you know IV fluid and stuff. So um, you know, it's still poison. It just feels slightly better. State regulators would have until October first to adopt rules for the registration and regulation of cannabis establishments. 
in cannabis cultivation facilities. They would then have another two months to create regulations on issues like advertising, labeling, civil fines, security, and THC limits. An amendment that concerns setting aside certain tax revenue for marijuana sales for the state's education fund was adopted on the floor by voice vote. The body also passed a proposed revision to require adult-use cannabis retailers to display public health materials as is mandated for existing medical cannabis dispensaries. Okay. Advocates for cannabis legalization in the state have been vocal about their concerns with the legislation, saying that both the state-run model and imposing a limit on cultivator licenses, as proposed in a bill, would prevent New Hampshire from reaping the full benefits of legalization in their state. And specifically, some worry that the proposal would effectively kneecap the existing medical cannabis market. A lawmaker attempted to significantly alter the bill by having private businesses sell marijuana rather than state operators, but that was defeated. A motion to table the legislation was also rejected. There is no cap to the number of dispensaries in the current bill, but the plan is to open 10, okay, so it's 10 state-run stores within the first three years. Okay, so I guess it's like, on average, uh, three stores per year. Advocates and stakeholders have spent years working with the GOP-controlled legislature to craft thoughtful legislation to end cannabis criminalization. Though diverging viewpoints and resistance from Republican leadership has consistently derailed the reform. You know, I, I I don't see how home cultivation doesn't solve a lot of these issues and problems. Because if, I mean, honestly, I think it would be better if they allowed, uh, if they allowed cultivation, but didn't have any of these state stores. Because, I mean, that would be, you know, for all these people who are saying, think of the children. Okay, well, you know, what child, ha- like, you know, what what child has the um, attention span to care for a cannabis plant? And then you might say, oh, well, the parents will give the kids a cannabis. Okay, well, I mean, what's stopping the parents from buying cannabis and giving it to their kids? I mean, it's like, you know, like, what what's, I mean, if this thing is dangerous, what do you think is better for people to... You know, people who know what they're doing and who are, you know, IQ, whose IQ is high enough that they're able to figure out how to garden and how to grow weed, grow weed for themselves. Or you just open, you know, oh, have it in a government store, have this shit that's sprayed with all sorts of uh, pet, um, all sorts of uh, pesticides and um, God knows what and uh, available to, you know, anyone who has an ID that says they're 18. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, trading it instead of selling it. Yeah, I mean, you know, what better way to um, help destroy the help destroy the um, destroy fiat than by saying you can't buy drugs with it, right? You have to barter. So you have to give someone eggs like chicken eggs in in exchange for nugs, right? Eggs for nugs. Or you have to give someone, um, uh, (laughs) well, I was going to say a massage, but I I don't know. Unless you're like a trained chiropractor, I don't think that would... I know I I don't think that'd be a good idea, um, but yeah no I'm, I'm damn you know like to yeah, shit I I might, I might run um next uh, next cycle you know on on this I have you know the Vincent plan to advocates the House vote to pass uh, Representative Carol McGuire's home grow bill in January felt like a step in the right direction. Still, many felt stung by the fact that the chamber elected to advance the bill a day after narrowly rejecting a preferred regulated sales model as prescribed in HB 237. Which already says, like, if, if you know, the statists are preferring 
Uh, you know, I mean, if the legislature prefers a certain bill, uh, yeah, the regulated sales model over home cultivation, then you know, even then you know something fishy is going on, right? They they don't care about freedom, they don't care about decriminalizing it. They just want to pass this in a way that's going to make them as much money as possible. And no, I don't. Th- I'm not that big of a he. I'm not such a hedonist that I do think that's a good idea, right? I mean, you know, there's some things more important than, you know, dude, weed, lameo, right? Than weed being legalized, right? It's about the principle of it all, right? It's about the principle of, of, of accepting that the government could make something illegal for, uh, make a, not something, make a plant illegal for uh, people to grow in their backyards, but it's fine to buy, right, from just these, you know, the, from the Brondo weed brand, Meanwhile, free lawmakers, representatives Joshua Adjutant, Adjutant, the dude's name is literally Adjutant, Rennie Cushing, and Andrew Prout each filed separate bills to put marijuana legalization on the state's 2022 ballot. Cushing, who served as a House Democratic leader, passed away this month uh, after a battle with cancer. But the um, the House, so so in, in her memory, we need to pass it. We need to pass. Um, yeah, and we, we uh, in her memory, we need to pass, um, put uh, legalization on the ballot. The House defeated, pre- and I was going to have a lot meaner comment other than that, so, you know. I'm, um, the House defeated Prout's proposed uh, constitutional amendment this month and voted to table the two other measures. In order to have advanced any of the proposed constitutional amendments, it would have taken a supermajority 60% vote in both chambers. If any of the constitutional amendments were enacted, it would have enabled legislatures to avoid a likely veto on statutory reform le- uh, legislation from anti-legalization Sununu. If legislatures had ultimately moved to place a constitutional amendment to legalize cannabis on the ballot, 67% of voters would then have needed to vote in favor for it to be enacted. I, I think there's enough boomers on, on both sides of the aisle in New Hampshire to um, have that fail, to vote against it. Oh, whoops. Recent polling indicates that residents are ready for the reform, with three in four New Hampshire New Hampshireites favoring legalization. Well, what do you know? And... Honestly, this show, this this tells me that we we could afford to wait. We could afford to wait until um, we get more pro freedom people in, right? Assuming you know, assuming that this all this momentum is real and not just a bunch of social media uh, signal and noise, or I, I guess noise, right? Signal would be like something that was real. Um, then by twenty twenty four, we're gonna have a lot more um, you know liberty reps in, and we'll be able to vote for a bill that has full uh, full legalization and not just. Um, not this corporate fascism, right? We can afford to wait if and and just think the people who are against this are most likely boomers and old people. And by then, a lot of them are going to die off, and so we're just it's just going to be um, even more support. So I think this is why I think we're trying to ram this in through now because they have just enough, um, you know, these like I guess uh, blue blood sort of you know boomer um, corporatist type anti weed types um, who would vote against it. Or who would uh, who would you know? It's like the people who would vote just straight up vote against any sort of legalization um, are going to be dying off soon. So like I think they need like a coalition of them, 
the corporate, you know, people who believe in this corporate fascism just want to make money, you know, on, on both sides. We're all getting together to ram this through now because if they wait, there's going to be something that's even more, there's going to be a bill that, um, you know, allows home cultivation or that, you know, doesn't um, give the state a monopoly or at least doesn't have a cap on, on you know, companies that could grow cannabis and they can't have that. So um, I really do hope Sununu vetoes this so something better could come along. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe it'll be someone else in that governor's um, governor seat to um, sign it, right? Not have to deal with Sununu's anti-legalization bullshit. Although in, in this case, it actually, um, actually is strategic. Well, I'm playing, I'm play, you see, I'm playing 7D chess here, okay? I'm not playing this, this you know, lame-ass, you know, 4D chess. I'm playing 7D chess. I'm looking, I'm uh, looking at things from all these different angles here. So, um, in 2017, Sununu signed a, um, oh, hold on, I'm sorry. Um, the, the governor's opposition to adult use legalization has been a constant source of contention. However, advocates were glad that he at least signed a bill in August, adding opioid, opioid use disorder as a qualifying condition for the state's medical cannabis program and also allows out-of-state patients to access dispensaries. <laughs> okay, so uh, where do I, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm just so beyond this at this point. Oh, hey, hey, so we got you addicted to this one legal uh, poisonous drug. So now give us all this money so, we could, you know, we could help cure it, right? <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, so now give us, you know, now, now give us, you know, give us money and we'll give you, we'll give you this card, that says you're allowed to take this plant that doesn't kill people, that doesn't cause people to ruin their lives um, by being addicted to it, that is illegal. Um, we'll give you something like it's. It's just so sick. Is this? I mean, this is yeah. It, it really is it's just Kafkaesque at this point. The governor's opposition to adult. Oh, okay. Um, in 2017, Sununu signed a bill decriminalizing marijuana possession in the Granite State, but he continues to oppose adding a legal commercial cannabis sales component. In 2019, lawmakers sent a medical cannabis home grow bill to Sununu's desk, but he vetoed it. Meanwhile, other nearby northeast states, such as Maine and Vermont, have already legalized recreational cannabis, and you could grow it there. You know, I know someone, um, I know someone, a friend of mine who lives in Vermont. And he, he, he's a, you know, he just like has a small backyard garden and he, he grows cannabis, um, which, you know, you're allowed to do that. And he grows so much of it that he just, you know, he just, he just gives it, you know, he just gives it away to people, um, in Vermont, of course, cause it would be illegal if he did that in New Hampshire. Um, and yeah, he just, you know, he says, yeah, I've all, he, he says, yeah, I have so much of it. Um, I could just, I just, I just give it away. So that's why they can't have that. I think they see just how, um how good this bill is for you know small businesses in, in a, like a communist state like vermont too i mean this is this is embarrassing honestly you know and and by supporting this shit you're not you're not compromising you're not um you're not being strategic um no you're being a useful idiot if you support this this steaming pile of bullshit white house won't say if biden supports federal marijuana legalization bill if passed by the house President Joe Biden agrees that our current marijuana laws are not working, yet he's not going to fucking do anything about it. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters on Friday, just hours after the U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill to federally legalize cannabis. 
it's like you know you it's like it's like you know you say to your landlord oh my god it's like you open your refrigerator and there's rotting fruit and it just stinks and there's mold and bugs and you call your landlord and you say my refrigerator's broken this is this is bad i mean i feel like i'm i lost five years of my life just opening that fridge it stinks and he says yeah yeah that fridge has uh, been pretty this that fridge has been pretty bad for a while yeah yeah someone needs to do something about it and it was the same thing with trump for monitoring the situation like you know who he's like oh someone needs to do something i'm being so i'm being treated so unfairly what these people are doing is so illegal it's like who else is going to do anything you're the president right who do you need help from who who could you ask help from other than jesus like it's, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense like you know biden says yeah this is our laws aren't working okay well you know who could fix it immediately with a stroke of a pen and you and he doesn't have to do dictatorial powers he doesn't have to uh, do anything with an executive order all he has to do is just remove it from from the uh from the schedule system right it's it's not like prohibition because with prohibition there was an act, it was an act of congress prohibition right it was an amendment they had to put an amendment to the constitution to um to get prohibition through with the war on drugs they just created they did it by executive fiat and the war on drugs could very easily be undone via executive fiat so yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, Gensaki told reporters on Friday, just hours after the U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill to federally legalize cannabis, but she declined to directly address whether this president supports a specific legislation. The Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungent More No Relation Act passed a law. That would be funny if they had like a second O. That would be like just to troll me. Passed along mostly partisan lines of all but two Democrats voting to advance it to the Senate. Asked about the president's opposition on the measure, Saki said vaguely that Biden could agrees that we need to rethink our approach to cannabis policy. Yeah, but he but the thing is he can't think for himself, so it has to be someone else. She reiterated points that Biden made on the campaign trail about the need to, quote, address the racial disparities and systemic inequality inequities in our similar criminal justice system, broad research on the effect of marijuana. They've had how many decades? Almost half a century to research for fucking things. Like it's like they made it illegal, and then oh, now we need to research it. Um, and and support the safe use of marijuana for medical purposes. All right. So oh well, there, there goes this. <laughs> there goes any hope of Biden doing that. For there goes any hope for the Biden four twenty surprise. But while the MORE Act includes provisions to support these objectives, it goes further. Specifically, it would remove marijuana from the list of federally controlled substances, impose a tax on cannabis sales to fund various programs, and promote equity in the industry. Biden isn't in favor of adult use legalization, even if he's expressed support on the campaign trail for letting states set their own policies. About a year ago, Saki reiterated that the president's opposition to broad reform has not changed. At Friday's, and just think of how good for the environment, you know, if, if we replace some of the petroleum products with hemp, just think of how well that would be for the environment, how much good that would do. So she says, we look forward to working with Congress to achieve our shared goals. We'll continue having discussions with them about this objective. Okay, so if this, so if a MORE Act passes, I bet this sounds like he'll veto it. Does those share go do those shared goals include the main components of a more act to ho holistically end prohibition 
Saki didn't get into that detail. It's another example of the marijuana policy schism that's divided not just congressional lawmakers along partisan lines, but also the Democratic president and a supermajority of voters in his party. While it's true that Biden campaigned on several cannabis reform promises, from rescheduling to expungements to legalization for medical use, he's yet to act on them after more than a year in office. That's in spite of intense pressure from lawmakers and advocates throughout his tenures. Biden himself hasn't made a uh, substantive public comment about cannabis policy since entering the Oval Office, besides making a quick dismissive comment to a reporter who asked about clemency for current federal marijuana prisoners. Vice President Kamala Harris, for her part, said last year that the Biden administration isn't focused on following through on its marijuana reform pledges because it's too overwhelmed of other issues. Okay, well, it's easy. You just reschedule it. It's literally the stroke of a pen. Advocates are losing patience. It's one thing that the administration hasn't taken concrete steps on its own to change federal marijuana policy, but it's also taken actions that subvert reform efforts. For example, in Biden's latest proposal for fiscal year 2023, he again proposed a continuation of a rider blocking Washington, D.C. From, from legalizing cannabis sales. To the relief of advocates, however, he again kept a separate rider intact to protect legal medical cannabis programs from federal intervention. The lack of clemency, clemency action from Biden is especially disappointing to advocates who have been lobbying the White House to do something on the issue. All right, so Elizabeth Warren is bitching, uh, demanding a response. A report published by the uh, Congressional Research Service last year affirmed that the president has within its power to grant mass pardons for cannabis offenses. It also said that the administration can move to federally legalize cannabis without waiting for lawmakers to act. Early in 2021, the Biden administration came under fire after it reported that it had terminated or otherwise punished dozens of staffers who admitted to prior marijuana use as part of their background check process. So they punished them for being honest. And the thing is, if they were dishonest, as, if they were dishonest and said no and continued to smoke weed, they wouldn't have gotten caught unless they had drug testing or if they got arrested. Saki previously attempted to minimize a fallout without much success. Man, I love this. What marijuana movement? I love this offer. Who is this? This is funny. Uh, Kyle Yeager, oh, badass name. Probably a total liberal, but you know, whatever. Um, marijuana usage from uh, hold on. and her office also stressed that nobody was fired for marijuana usage from years ago nor has anyone been terminated due to casual or infrequent use during the prior 12 months however yes yeah, so Snoop Dogg wouldn't wouldn't, uh, <laughs> wouldn't be able to work for um, the administration however she's consistently declined to speak to the extent which to, and like when i was in college and i don't know if it was like the change was in college like when, i remember when i first like when when people would um smoke cannabis in high school and, and maybe it's because it's the difference between high school and, and college but it would always be like the, it would be like a ceremonial thing they have you know you get like a tiny you have like a tiny two grams that's gonna last you know last you know last for the whole party and and it would be, you know, if you're going to, usually music, like the bands and stuff, they'd smoke cannabis and, um, uh, prac or I guess jam as they called it. Um, and then, then like in college, I noticed like so many people, especially, uh, with the advent of vaping, um, it was just so easy to literally, you know, be smoking weed all day, every day. I remember this one, um, this, 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 this one chick, she, uh, I was at a party and she had a jewel pod and a um, THC cart 
uh, you know, as in the battery, and she like puts both in her mouth at the same time, and and she's um, she was like inhaling for like a good minute, and I'm thinking, damn, wow, what a pair of lungs, and then she like you know exhales, and like the entire room is just filled with vapor, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And I didn't notice a change in her behavior, right? Like she, you know, she wasn't like just totally on the ground, or and she was, yeah. We were all drinking too. Um, it was just like, yeah. I mean, it's and and she, yeah, she was in a grade below me. Um, and it's just, yeah. I, mean, I I think it's, I don't know if it's due to vaping or not, because with vaping you don't have to deal with you know the flame or the smell. Um, it's you know very discreet. But anyways, um. Yeah, because it actually used to be somewhat uh, taboo to be an all, you know, to smoke weed all day, every day. It was like, wow, you know, you're either very rich or you're a degenerate stoner. And then now it's, you know, you're, if you're, yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, I guess, considered, considered normal. Or, or people don't even think about it. I remember I had a, um, he, he was a, a classmate and, and a, um, a, uh, well, I, I was a teaching, the TA, so he was, he was just a classmate. He wasn't my student, but. Um, this guy in a class I was a TA for, he would like, and, and, you know, he, he was in a grade below me also, but, um, I had a bunch of classes with him and he always had a rock star energy drink in the morning. And I made a comment. I said, I'm like, do, do you really drink that every morning? He said, yep. And every afternoon too. And I said, I'm like, how are you not going to have a heart? Like, how have you not had a heart attack? You're drinking that shit. Uh, drinking two, two rock stars. That's almost like 500 grams of cap or milligrams of caffeine. And he's just, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. He's probably vaccinated, too, now that I think about it. So, um, yeah, he were, um, yeah, he works for a, um, he, he does uh, media. He does media now. He's like an anchor or something. So that'd be funny as I see, again, I, I see in like my schizo telegram, they're like, oh, another, another, um, news anchor passes out due to, from a heart attack. And it's like a guy I know. I'm like, oh, I know. Hopefully not. But yeah, just people my age, we just don't can, we just don't really think about what we put into our bodies. I, f I forget where. Um, oh, and now okay, last last point I'll make on that is it was it was like Larry Johnson. I, f I think it was Larry Johnson. It was someone who said that like just pointing out how ridiculous it is of my generation that Gen Z. Uh, along with the boomers, you know, totally masked up and became, you know, COVIDians. And yet Gen Z is the same generation that popularized rim jobs, that shares, you know, na that shares pipes at every party, that, uh, man, like some people, and some girls too, they would keep the same fucking bong water for like a week. It's just the same bong water a week. There's like a film of... I just keep imagining like a film of bacteria on the top of it. And it's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay, bra. You know, the fire kills it. I'm like, no, no, the fire doesn't touch the water. Like that's, <laughs> that's a water on top. You're inhaling all this bacteria. Like what the fuck? You're inhaling mosquito eggs. Um, and yet this is a generation that's going to say, oh, you know, you have to put on a mask. We're all going to die. For what it's worth, a poll released in January found that more than half of Americans feel that Biden has made little to no progress on his campaign pledge to decriminalize marijuana during his first year in office. And most people aren't also aren't betting on him doing more to advance a reform in 2022. And that's the way it is. 
And so here, this is um, some bring up um, this on NH Politics Twitter. I just want to highlight the absurdity of what New Hampshire is planning with cannabis. I believe there has never been a situation where a state sells a federally illegal product before. Well, no, Colorado does that. What the fuck? And New Hampshire is about to do this of cannabis. How is this legal? Okay, this is a boomer, all right? I I I I misread how I, I misread the phrasing of that. Okay, no, what? A, a Colorado, Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, and pointing out Maine in Maine. This is Eric uh, Brakey. I guess he's a um senator, state senator. In Maine, we have free markets and an industry of small cannabis businesses. New Hampshire is not the most free in New England on everything, and that is a good point. When it comes to um, when it comes to cannabis, that's uh, that is um, yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. But the thing is, though, that's my bad. Like that's the only thing I could think of when it comes to Maine in terms of in terms of freedom. I don't know much about zoning in Maine. I mean, obviously, land in Maine is going to be a lot less expensive in New Hampshire because there's a lot more of it. But yeah, weed isn't everything. So I mean, I wouldn't, you know, like I mean, and honestly, if you're if you're basing where you want to live on, and like the if if cannabis is legal is like the you know the, is like the number one or even the number three thing on that list, you know, I think you need to reevaluate your priorities. I guess unless you have like cancer or epilepsy or you have a child with epilepsy and you need access to CBD oil, then I could understand. But you know, that's that's a rare thing. So yeah, I mean cultivation. That's just it's just so important. Um, okay, so I'm not going to talk about Joe Rogan. Today. I'm going to talk about Joe Rogan on Monday. I'm also going to have open line open lines on Monday, just because. Um, yeah, see, I, I have to I have to find a time and stick to it Monday. Well, I'll figure out a time um, by the end of the show. I just want to read this from weirdofamighty.com. This is the hazy history of warriors and marijuana before the war on drugs. Before the war on drugs began, different communities used it for different reasons. For various reasons, as in cannabis. The ancient Chinese used cannabis for healing, while Indian warriors used it to facilitate courage on the battlefield. Today, most people see marijuana as a legal substance that brings peace and relaxation to the user. A far cry from the first days when it was used as a political chess piece. While its health benefits are known, most governments are still against its use, although some countries have legalized it. The history of marijuana and warriors goes back a long way and is still used by some African warlords today. Yeah, it's used by American warlords today. Yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm sure weed is used by a lot of the elite. That's why it's legal in Washington, D.C. How was this drug used as a war weapon, and how did it help the warriors? Cannabis was discovered thousands of years ago and has evolved with the help of humans, fulfilling various purposes. To some, it was a sacred religious herb used to heal the soul, mind, and body, while others considered it recreational substance that enhances relaxation and socialization. The Indians believe that marijuana was discovered by their god Shiva, who then brought it to them. They used it to prepare a drink known as Bang, an equivalent of alcohol. Bang! was used during social religious activities and believed it was a sacred plant. During the war, Indians prepared something called ganga, or ganja, which was stronger and gave it to warriors. The warriors would sip tiny bits of a bang and ganga to alleviate panic, hence the nickname Vijaya, meaning vict victorious. 
And this is a uh, Bong Eaters from India. Oh, that's cool. This is a, a painting from 1970. Bunch of dudes in their underwear um, drinking weed. Indians were not the only ones who provided warriors with cannabis. The Swazi army was also known to use marijuana during warfare to strengthen and intensify belligerence. It is said that the warriors would grow less weary after everyday use, which led them to, to victory most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it must be scary too. Her eyes are all red. Most African communities use marijuana as a pre-battle sacred herb. They would either use its seeds to burn incense or smoke the dried leaves to instill vigor, valor. Similarly, American soldiers in Vietnam widely used marijuana during combat from 1955 to 1975. In fact, the large use of marijuana in the United States began after soldiers returned from the Vietnam War. The soldiers brought along their marijuana and continued to use it even when there was no war. President Nixon feared that the habit would proceed further as the soldiers would also bring heroin with them. Yeah, and then, yeah, then heroin was legalized uh, just, you know, in medical form uh, a few decades later. It was then that he decided to declare war on drugs, marijuana included. This is why, this is the reason marijuana is not allowed to be consumed by active duty members to this day. It's not allowed to be consumed by anyone this day, according to the feds. The American soldiers used it for the same reasons as African and Indian warriors. They said it helped ease tension and made them ready for battle all the time, although its use was never officially approved. When army leaders found out about cannabis use, they tried to voice repression, especially after the rise in a number of heroin addiction cases. Unfortunately, they found it harsher to deal with the situation than they thought. Lower-ranking soldiers often uh, disregarded orders from senior officers when it came to suppressing the use of marijuana. Those who tried to follow the rules found themselves in difficult situations, as it would frequently lead to reducing unit cohesion. Yeah, a worst-case scenario, it would involve them having a fucking fragmentation grenade thrown into their, um, into their, um, yeah, their living quarters. I remember Dave told a story where when he was serving in um, East, no, sorry, not East, he was serving in West Berlin, and um, I think he was a, um, I think it was like an engineer. His, he was like an engineer battalion or something. Um, I, I forget what his MOS was. I think he was a, yeah, I think he was a carpenter in the military. Uh, and he said that uh, hash was like the big thing and that every, everyone on the base was, you know, when, when, when they were off duty, you would just be high out of your mind. Um, and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said that there was like this, it was the, the black soldiers were the ones who were dealing it. And there was like this, or, or the ones who were dealing it were, were were this gang of black soldiers, and they had a um, what he called like the black mafia, where if you were, you know, if you were uh, like, you know, all, everyone ate at you know their sort of self segregated tables, but if you were a black recruit, you would have to walk up to their table and pay tribute, um, even if you wanted nothing to do with uh, with that gang. You, you would have just because you were black, you would have to. I guess probably similar, like if you're white, like. Was it Cantwell said when he was in prison, or not not prison, when he was in jail the first time, he was going to hang out with the black gangs, and then this white gang, like, grabbed him and said, you know, and, and basically, you know, told him, uh, gave him the, the, the rundown. Um, anyway, so so Dave said one day, um, you know, some they had a new commander who said he was going to crack down on dope usage, and he lasted about a day before um, someone gunned him down in the barracks, and then they had a new commander who never mentioned weed ever. And the thing is, this was, um, if you've ever seen the movie Do uh, Day of the Dead, right, the sequel to uh, Dawn of the Dead by uh, George A. Romero, um, this was around that time where, after Vietnam, where morale was at its, like, all-time low. 
Lower ranking soldiers often uh, dis- uh, disregarded orders. Uh, those who tried to follow the rule. Such occurrences made most senior and junior U.S. officers perceive cannabis as a peril that jeopardized field operations and endangered the lives of others. However, it was later discovered that the soldiers' reaction to the repression of cannabis use was due to environmental stress and incompetence of a brass. A joint is not enough to bring down a battalion. There are other pre-existing conditions that plague the discipline of the army that were independent of drug use, which for years was technically legal. Legal. And uh, it makes it would make more sense that they allow the soldiers to smoke it when they're off duty, just because you know it gets them gives them time to calm down, you know, and like you know, it's like hey, go do you know when as soon as they're on duty, go do this. Oh, sure, <laughs> you know, yeah, you yes, yes, sir, Captain, and you just go and do it because you know you you're all like you know calm and relaxed. Or it's like you know as as they say, um, how do you? What did I say in, um, what, what was the line in Full Metal Jacket? Was, how could you shoot women and children? Oh, it's easy. You just, was it's easy. You just lower the sight. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I'm just going to zip through here. I'm going to cover the Joe Rogan thing. Um, I've already been going on for, um, going on for, for an hour. So I'm just going to round out the show. I'm going to cover Joe Rogan saying he loves the deep state. And, uh, this isn't, it's, it's, all, it's like a few week old article, but, it was published by Yahoo, and I didn't see anyone else talking about it. And I, I did listen to the clip, and it was just—it was just. An, and then, and it's funny too, because as soon as this came out, Jones stopped talking about Joe Rogan, stopped saying how Joe Rogan was going to save the country because he's a conservative and believes in freedom and stuff, right? You had Joe Rogan saying how much he loves the deep state. Um, we're going to cover that Monday. It's going to be open line Monday. Yeah, you know, I'm going to experiment with an 8 p.m. time slot. So, 8 p.m. Monday. I think that's the perfect time because 10 p.m. for working people, it's 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 just too late, especially if I go on for a while. Um, 7 p.m. That's too early because that's when, at least you know, I, I you know, at least for me, you know, that's when I'm just finishing up dinner. Um, so I'd, I'd say 8 p.m. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll experiment. I'll experiment, but I, I do like the 8 p.m. time slot. Um, because if, let's say, I do, like, a long, like, three or four, like, if I do a four-hour show, uh, then the show ends at midnight versus if I start at 10, then the show ends at, like, you know, 2 a.m. So this is, like, a journalism thing. So apparently Stephen Colbert is um, not very happy that... Was <laughs> that Biden's getting asked tough questions here? And this is from Glenn Greenwald. Stephen Colbert made his name at a, at the 2006 Washington Correspondents' Dinner. I'm sorry, White House Correspondents' Dinner, mocking journalists for being too deferential to the president when it was Bush, a Republican. Now, 16 years and 150 million dollars later, he demands journalists be more deferential to the president. Says they should be slapped when confrontational. Which is a thing I think dictators do, you know, violence against uh, journalists when um, they ask them the tough questions. Yesterday, uh, President Biden held a press conference and he was asked uh, a ridiculous question by a ridiculous man, Fox News reporter and that one kid in high school who wears a suit to gym class, Peter Ducey. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, drop the deuce. When you said a chemical weapon 
use by Russia would trigger a response in kind? It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? you got to be silly. <laughs> Remember. Yes. Remember how on last night's show? Yeah, there's, there's a sign that tells people to clap and laugh. It's like waiting for you know, it's like waiting for your canned applause to stop. Oh, I said that slapping is never ever the answer. <laughs> I like to file a one-time exemption on behalf of the president of the United States. So and- asking the president to elaborate on a policy may, is is bad. Like like and, and you can see like he's see he, he's seething. Look at these beady eyes. He it's such degenerate. Like he's what I call you have a degenerate Irish. You know like gross beady little eyes, receding hairline, wearing pedophile glasses. Um, he looks like and I'm, I'm saying that the, the, I'm not I'm not I'm not calling him. I'm saying the, his his glasses look like the kind pedophiles usually use and. Not accusing him of anything, just making a comment on his, um, you know, glassware, his eyewear, and he he actually does look like he could be um, Infowars's morning guy's dad. You know, it's like, yeah, it just makes yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> I remember he did, you know, the only funny joke he ever made was that his he said his name isn't Colbert, it's Colbert. He just pronounces it French, so he sounds more interesting. Like that was the only funny joke I've ever heard this faggot um, say. And, and you know it's funny he, he brings up uh, and you know I, I really do mean that as someone who deserves to be tied up and thrown on and set on fire um you know he he makes a comment he says oh peter Ducey would have worn a uh w- peter Ducey would have worn a, a suit a, a suit and tie to gym class which doesn't make any sense like how is that funny how is that even a joke like like is that a thing that doesn't make any sense like you're wearing a suit and tie but just look at him do, do you think he was the kind of guy who people liked in in uh high school and i mean actually liked not this whole you know oh he was the funniest guy in the class you know after they become famous right or do you think he was a you know the weirdo the guy who tried to be funny but no one ever laughed he was the try hard he was always weird he would like you know stare you know just like he was a guy who who was short and he would take it out on tall people. No, no, it's wrong, Lewis. Let him know. It's wrong. <laughs> Ducey did not stop there. The world wants to know. The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Okay. Well, isn't your whole thing about deterrence and deterrent? A big part of deterrence is them knowing what you're going to do. Right, <laughs> you know what you're gonna do to what they're gonna do. So in this thing, it's like, oh, if it, this is her whole whole tactic. I guess he's he's probably learned it from Jen Psaki. Gaslight, right? You know, gaslight the audience and pretend you'll know, lie and pretend that the person asking you the question is stupid before moving on, right? Talking down, being condescending, and I, and I was talking to Dave about this today too, where he would go to uh, these select board meetings and just give it to the, you know, just absolutely give it to the um, town select board, calling them criminals, and they would uh, try and have them escorted out by the police. They, um, and, and that's the funny thing too. They say, like, how dare you call us criminals? You know, you're 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 defaming us, and yet they never, yet they never uh, sue him for defamation because they're afraid of uh, discovery. <laughs> um, 
but it's like it's it's the same like it's the same with um it's like with all, like all these politicians now it's where they never actually answer the question I, I don't know if this was always the way it's been but i've just been noticing it more and more now where they don't ask they don't even answer the question they obfuscate they lie they equivocate and then they get you know nasty or they talk down on you or act like they just treat you like an idiot just because you ask they treat you like an idiot for asking all right i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna take two more questions uh, Peter De- uh, Ducey, uh, Fox News, I've got, I've got two more questions. First, what are the exact locations of all of America's troops? And can you give me the nuclear launch codes? Just tell me, is one of them a four? Look at his eyes, too. Look at his beads. It's like, like demon-infested eyes, right? He's just all pupil. Although, I'm thinking, like, would that be? No, it'd be the opposite, right? Under the, light, uh, under the stage lights, his pupils would be small. I- so what the hell? My God, this is horrifying. And I don't, I don't think it's because of Twitter's uh, compression. Can, can I buy a vowel, Mr. President? I'd like to solve the puzzle. Uh, another, another feather in your map. Like, who's applauding for this? Who applauds for this? Speaking How is this funny? Fox News viewers, former President Koopa Loompa. The January 6th... Com- All right. So anyway, I, I just I, I don't know why I played that. Like this is this is what late night comedies become. I mean, this guy is so much like the, and he probably based his performance on this guy, the um, who's like the late night host who's played by Stanley Tucci in um, Hunger Games, right? Just 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 this guy's just like a husk. He's like the mouth of Sauron, just an empty husk. And he and it's like his eye thing. It's like. You know, the mouth of Sauron, his mouth was all, like, twisted and, and gross. And it was, and, and like, it was really cool in the extended Lord of the Rings, how they made it look. Where it's, like, his his teeth make up, like, half his head, right? It's just, like, this evil thing. And he looks so evil because he speaks so much evil, right? Everything he says hurts people and is evil. And I think at, at this point, these late-night hosts, um, people like Stephen Colbert. Or it could be drugs, too. It could be drugs. But I don't know what drugs... What drugs that make pupil huge even under lights like which that must not be good for you stimulants and psychotropic substances most commonly cause pupil dilation however the symptom can result from ingesting alcohol mescaline cocaine ecstasy lsd psilocybin mdma amphetamines cannabis inhalants narcotics hallucinogens bath salts ketamine and ssri antidepressants well i wonder what adrenochrome does Some substances triggers a body's fight-or-flight adrenaline response by interacting with serotonin and adrenergic receptors in the brain. This chemical reaction leads to mydrasias, the muscle relaxation that allows the eye pupil to expand and let in more light. Underneath all these huge lights, too, right? So, what a freak. Oh, yeah, and I just want to compare that here. Taylor Lorenz says she has severe PTSD from being a journalist and breaks down in an MSNBC interview. So I know I guess I'm just I'm just torturing myself for the end of the show. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. I I contemplated suicide. One in three women under 35 experience online harassment. Yeah, but uh, the definition of online harassment is saying something stupid online and getting getting criticism or being a bitch online and uh getting you know getting the shit you throw getting the shit you put out thrown back at you there's um 
oh where is it there's like this meme where it shows this woman it's like it, sh- it shows like a, it's the wall says like the internet and there's like a pile of shit that says her opinion and so she's like shoveling all this you know her opinion right which is shit across a wall and then you have three three more shovels shoveling shit at her and then it shows her running around crying seeing how she's oppressed right it's like what do you call it? like girl it's like like girl on the internet syndrome is like so so real right it's like and I, I can't quote it exactly because they, they said the N-word in the quote. But it's like, how is cyberbullying real? N-word, just turn off, or, you know, with an A, not a hard R. Turn off the uh, turn off the computer. And that really is it. You know, if you're getting her cyber harassed, like, unless it's something like you're, you know, ver, ver, you know calling your, you know, your workplace or calling your grandmother or sending, like, you know, threatening messages or anything. But it's like online harassment to these people usually just means, like, you know, being called a bitch being called names um and if you're if she's a journalist especially a mainstream media journalist she honestly probably deserves it every single social tie i had severe ptsd from this i i contemplated suicide it got really bad you feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life yeah hey what 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 the fuck do you think is your 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 profession right what have you been doing for all these years right what have you and your whole field have been doing right journalists now today are professional doxers so it really sucks when the shoe's on the other foot now you bitch and it's so isolating and terrifying oh i'm so isolated yeah you, you know except when you're surrounded by fucking cameras oh and terrifying it's horrifying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's really hard. Well, I was gonna say it's a shame. She, it's a shame she only stopped at contemplating suicide. But um, I'm gonna take that back. I'm glad I didn't say that because uh, we wouldn't have gotten this clip if uh, you know. So it's okay. Keep okay, Miss Miss Lorenz, and it's it's going to stay, Miss Lorenz. Right? You're the only mom you're ever gonna be is a dog mom um keep 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 going right keep keep strong so we could get more keep keep doing keep doing interviews on msnbc i'm so sorry (laughs) it's overwhelming it's really hard yeah i don't know i i think honestly i think she she's uh, her her moment is more her hers is more embarrassing just because you know can't can't well was in like physical danger at that moment versus her um she's you know has the support of the entire media apparatus um and you know the uh what, what i call it the media politics you know the media political complex so yeah no i, I think campbell has more of a had more of a legit reason to break down and cry on camera than that stupid bitch thank you all very much i appreciate it thank you Mr. President, have you seen any signs that Putin is pulling back his forces? Okay, so he comes back. So he just comes. So, okay, all right, good. Okay, all right. Maybe this is a good sign, right? Biden's coming back to answer questions. Come on, you guys, let's go. Okay, no, he didn't come back to answer questions. He literally made a face. He made goofy faces at the media and then went and disappeared behind the curtain again. Mr. President, no, you can't just make silly faces at them. You have to answer a question now. This is the only thing they'll talk about, you making faces at them. Pulling back his forces. Whoever asked that question. Yes. Question of whether he's pulling back his forces. 
Depends on how you is, is Mr. Putin pulling out, Mr. B Mr. President? Is Putin pulling out? Putin's pulling out of Mama Ukraine. Read exactly what's going on. Thus far, there is no clear evidence that he's pulling all of his forces out of Kiev. There is also evidence that he is beefing up his troops down in the Donbass area. Depending on your view of Putin, I'm a little skeptical. It's an open question whether he's actually pulling back and going to say, I'm just going to focus on the Donbass and I'm not worried about the rest of the country. I'm a skeptic, I, I, but I don't have proof that, in fact, he is not going, he's taking a pause, doing all he can to use all the troops he has in the Donbass and continue to keep an eye on and try to move beyond the rest of the country. Don't know the answer, but it appears so far that he has not pulled all of his, the idea he's pulling all the troops out from around Kiev and moving south. There's no evidence that he's done that. So why does Bruce Willis retire? I mean, why does Bruce Willis have to retire from making movies due to cognitive decline? And, and, and this guy, he's still allowed to be president. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm be, I, I don't think the 25th Amendment, um, I don't think the 25th Amendment uh, can cut it. I mean, I, I, I'm honestly full on. Uh, we need an, an um, American um, Operation Valkyrie. We need, you know, I don't know, like, if there's any senior or, or if there's any, like, you know, it would be what, I guess it would probably be like, what, junior officers and any senior officers with any sense of loyalty or decency left would, you know, all get together and... Um, you know, like they, they can't, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't think like, um, you know, I think probably like the best thing they, that would happen is them, um, you know, quietly occupying DC and they just, you know, show up in the white house with, um, you know, with, with Marines and, you know, before anyone knows what's, well, first off, shut down the, um, you know, shut down communications on the East coast, um, or, or at least, you know, on, you know, from, from Washington, DC and um when you know when there's a bunch of confusion they show you know the military shows up and like yeah mr president we're here to take you to safety and then they you know when he gets into you know marine one or something and then they fly him to uh you know to to be put under house arrest at camp david or something and so while they say biden is safe and they say there's a um unspecified disaster that's when the military then starts rounding up people like uh, nancy pelosi um chuck schumer kevin mccarthy you know bill gates all these criminals um at least in the country uh you know starts rounding up all these people and um then when who and you know and, and the uh senior of a corrupt joint chiefs of staff put them all under house arrest i mean it's important that this be peaceful right because if they start hurting people then you know it'll be martyrs and it won't look good so they just put all these people under house arrest and then by the time uh, people start to get, in, you know, an inkling of what's going on, ideally, they'd have all of, um, you know, the, the government under control and the military under control. Lloyd Austin would also be, you know, under arrest or forced to um, forced to step down. Um, and then they, you know, have Biden, you know, do a video where he admits to being a criminal and, you know, steps down. And uh, I guess we're just going to have to have a military run things um until right probably what would be like have uh ron paul or someone trustworthy put in as like a temporary president and then until like new elections could be uh new elections could be organized and i mean the, the important thing though is to make sure that elections aren't you know forever suspended then they'll be you know just as bad as what they're replacing but so you have all these because i mean i honestly think that's about what needs to be happened because how could we have an actual legit 
uh, legitimate legal transfer of power in this country if the criminals are running the elections, running the security state apparatus. So just voting for someone isn't going to isn't going to work. Um, I don't like, you know, like I think secession is probably a better idea than hoping that we could vote someone in who isn't corrupt or who won't be co-opted but at the same time too i mean if it's like one state like if it starts out with one state seceding then you know the feds you know the federal government occupies it and that um, unless that causes a huge galvanization and controversy then it'll scare everyone else into um, not seceding right so, um, and I, I don't believe in QAnon. I think the QAnon stuff was, um, was a psyop and I, I don't think what I'm, you know, I, I don't think what I'm suggesting is, um, is possible. I don't think, I honestly don't think there's anyone, um, anyone in the military who's capable, uh, who's in a position of power or, ha or, or who has the will, um, to do something like this. But at the same time, if you think about operation, if you think about Valkyrie, in world in uh, world war Two, i mean hitler you know hitler was was having people gassed he was having people you know killed and sad like like just straight up killed and assassinated um pe you know people who were um who were against him oh no rommel rommel was killed afterwards that's right rommel had nothing to um had nothing to do with that um and so yet they went against him and so i mean i think the only way we could save the federal system is if there is some sort of um some sort of coup um with you know a a benevolent coup a, a pro free a pro freedom pro constitution pro rule of law um military <laughs> yeah I, I know i can't say this with a straight face military coup um and yes i have been playing a lot of hearts of iron uh kaiserreich mod where that is one of the plot lines i mean i i do play as uh, douglas MacArthur um in that playthrough but yeah, I think that's the only way we could keep this federal system. I mean, and and that's obviously not, um, yeah, that's obviously way more volatile than like peaceful secession. But um, yeah, that's just my view on the federal system. And I, I do not think we should keep this federal system. Um, I think there should be a um, peaceful um, discussion on like reverting back to something like the Articles of Confederation. And I, I do think it would be in the best benefits of like Pacific states, of you know states that value freedom like new hampshire florida texas um what's the other one wyoming montana um and for states that value you know states that um you know that where people value having a social safety net like some you know states in the south california you know massachusetts and you we also but with the articles of confederation we keep you know, we're still intercommerce, we're still interstate trade. We still all have the same language. We have, you know, and I, I mean, I, I don't see a reason why we need to um, make like separate, um, you know, become like a whole separate country with like borders and stuff. I mean, like, I think, I yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, the Constitution was always the poison pill in the foundation of this country. I think we do need to return to a more decentralized um, Articles of Confederation. And honestly, now with the technology that we have. Right, we have blockchain. We have miniature, you know, we have um, literally, you know, private military corporations and stuff. So, well, actually, never always private military corporations, but um, I think we do have a technology today for an article for a uh, Articles of Confederation or a more um, a more looser union, right, where we don't all are you know forced to 
put up with each other's bullshit. So we could have the best of every state and the worst of each state stays within its own borders, right? Instead of having the worst of both worlds with the um, federal, you know, this federal government's um, anarcho-tyranny. Okay, so there's that. Um, okay, someone who's um, okay. This, all right, I'm just, I'm, I, I just want to go through these, uh, these, this C-SPAN footage. Okay, so Bruce Willis is uh, Bruce Willis has to retire from making movies, yet this person is still allowed to go to work. But we cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. We cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. One of the things I think that the president may say, I don't have this as a fact, is that we will use the um, Defense Production Act to speed up uh, diversification uh, so that we're not so dependent uh, on oil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not telling you his plan, but I'm just saying uh, I would. So we're ready. We're ready. Everybody her earpiece falls out. Wants to be on the conference, so we'll just have to see. No, her earring fell out. What the hell? What the size? Look, look at her watch. She's literally wearing a golden watch, a golden chain, a golden ring, golden earrings. What the size of that is? It's a, it's pretty exciting because again, it's an the American Competes Act of 2022. Whether that remains the name at the end of the day, who knows? They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. Lol, lazy content. Okay, no, nah, I don't really. I grew up in a family where the price of gasoline was discussed at the kitchen table. Okay, we, we've heard that already. Um, don't care. All right, here we go. Biden holds the longest press briefing answering tough questions. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, this is a clip I played already. Okay, okay. It's, it's an April Fool's Day thing. I will say on April Fool's Day, it does um, it does make more sense starting the year in in April, right? Because it's the beginning of spring. It's when everything is new. Starting the year in January makes zero sense when everything is dead and cold. All right, so here we go. So now, all right, here we go. This is Biden's second longest, uh, this is second longest press briefing answering tough questions. That's what we're doing here. I want to thank you all for showing up today, and we'll have plenty of time to answer questions about other items other than the, the jobs report uh, next week. Thank you. Appreciate it. So what about inflation? Inflation, outpacing wages, Mr. President. Are the sanctions still working, sir? Well, <laughs> yeah, he's getting away from a podium faster and faster every day. Okay. All right. So now we're going to end the show on a serious note here. Um, 
Now, with a heavy heart, I have to say that, uh, what was it? I guess Jen Psaki and her, her, <laughs> her, her, her equivocation, her lies, her arrogance, her conceit um, has been a regular fixture on the show to a point where it's her, her arrogance and conceit is um, competing with mine. And so I'm happy to see her leave. And, and as you probably know, I mean, for longtime viewers of a show, like I did, I, at one point, I remember I used to almost like every show play a new clip of her answering tough questions. And then I, I just stopped. Like, I, I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't, couldn't stand, um, just couldn't stand any more Jen Psaki content. It was terrible. It really is. She is so insufferable. I am so glad to be, to see her leave. And now I have no doubt that whoever replaces her is also going to be a terrible liar. But I, I think it's funny just to see, like, you know, just, just to see the, the progression of her starting, like, day one, all happy and chipper. Actually making an effort to answer people's questions. And then, like, let's see here, this time it's, what, so by April 2023, she's going to be, like, having, like, all wrinkles and her eyes bags are going to have bags. And, like, half her hair is going to fall out. And she's going to say, well, uh, I'm going to go work at, at one. I'm going to go work at, at CNN now. Uh, here's my my replacement. And then we'll start all over again. Um, <clears throat> lots of urgent issues discussed here. Uh, but with the helicopter approaching, one little bit of housekeeping. <laughs> Is it true that you are leaving the White House to work for MSNBC? Uh well, you can't get rid of me yet, Ed. Um, I have nothing to confirm oh, her uh, about she, her. She 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 looks like the mom. She she looks like a like a um, a really grotesque like photo, uh, uncanny valley photorealistic uh, CGI of the mom from Rick and Morty. Although I guess the mom was uh, was was blonde, not a ginger. But it's like you know the weird Rick and Morty teeth where it's like we're just all like sh like fangs, like just sharp teeth. Um, all spaced out, right? Sort of like a cow's, right? That's that's her her upper teeth. So weird, you know. For all the money she makes, you you know, one would think she'd be able to get better dental care. Like my length of public service or planned service. Well, I guess she doesn't have to floss though, so that is a good thing. Like the spaces between her teeth are so big, she doesn't have her her top teeth. She doesn't have to floss. And so now, you know, I'm not judging someone based on her looks. Like even though technically you can help the appearance of your teeth. Right, it's very expensive, and you know when I was a child, I had braces, and I, I don't think it was worth it. I don't think it was worth it. It was so much pain, and and, and yeah, I, I don't think it was worth it at all. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but when you're evil like this, yeah, I'm just gonna have to say, like, yeah, you have you you have Emperor Palpatine's teeth, uh, or anything about consideration about next plans. I'm very happy to be standing with all of you here today after it felt like a never-ending endless time in my basement quarantining. Yeah, because my... this is the most attention you're ever going to get in your fucking life, right? The rest of your life, you're just going to be a talking head on MSNBC and you're just going to have to be a bobblehead, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, agreeing and amplifying everything the host says, right? You're going to get that money. You're going to get that wine. You're going to, you know, you're, you're going to grow. You're going to raise two children who are going to grow up to hate you. And you're gonna die, and, and yeah, I, I just hope that uh, you know, for her sake, that she finds Christ, because otherwise she's gonna, you know, at the end of her miserable life, she's gonna end up in the lake of fire uh, with all of her liars. Family, um, believe it or not, I miss you all a lot. Um, and my focus um, every day continues to be speaking on behalf of the president, answering your questions as tough as they may be at many times, as difficult as they may be to answer at many times. And uh, I hope that I meet my own bar, treating everybody with fairness and being equitable. So I'm not sure that's a conflict of interest. Okay, so that's March 18, 2022. Go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. I think we're moving on because we got to get some more people. Go ahead. 
my question, my question about the conflict of interest when it comes to China is, last year the First Sun's attorney said that he divested from Chinese investment fund controlled by Chinese state-owned entities. Uh, we have received not even basic transparency about who bought out his stake, when this happened, and how much money changed hands. Did he actually invest? And if so, can you agree? He's a private citizen. Business? He doesn't work for the government. I point you to his representative. Thank you. Oh, just her ignoring a question. I think we're done here. Thank you very much. Go ahead. I meet my own bar, treating everybody with fairness and being equitable. Okay. Really showing himself to do really well. Come on, man. All right, anyways, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. I will be back next Monday, or this upcoming Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I like the 8 p.m. time slot. Um, 8 p.m., we're going to experiment on it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll figure out something. Um, um, so, yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern here on Odyssey. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, even I've been trying to, to avoid, uh, what was it, you know, copyrighted music on the show, I just gotta say, so, you know, she's, she's, you know, anyway, so, goodbye, um, yeah, goodbye, Jen Psaki, couldn't, you couldn't leave soon enough, um, although she did provide a lot more entertainment than, um, Kaylee Smack'em Titties, uh, that's, that, um, yeah, I can't, you know, we're just gonna give everyone a fucking, uh, Fox News show, you know, like, you, all you have to, yeah, all you have to do is have some name recognition be, uh, well, actually, no, not even a biological female anymore, yeah, yeah, now there's, uh, was, there's Tammy Bruce, there's, um, now, now, uh, Sean Hannity's, uh, uh, girlfriend, um, Caitlyn Jenner is on Fox News, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, but honestly, you know, and I, 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 if, if, I'd be fine with Caitlyn Jenner being on Fox News only if she replaces Kaylee McEnany because oh, Kaylee McEnany and who who else is a total idiot? Um, Trey Gowdy, right? I actually yeah, like if if uh, yeah, <laughs> you know I mean I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't watch the show, but uh, Caitlyn Jenner should get rid of Kaylee McEnany um, because yeah, she's just awful. Like I and I'm not even that I watch her. I remember she there was like some Fox News clip that my my computer auto played and it was just like oh my god and i, I know she has a show or maybe she's on the five i forget if she's on outnumbered or something but it's like wow wait wait a minute wait wait to make caitlin bennett out to be like murray to look like murray Curie or whatever like an actual fucking you know intelligent femoid like fox yeah fox news is you know yeah and you know honestly but fox news got what they deserved right roger ailes got what he deserved right he decided to be a, a weird you know perv and value uh, blonde, you know, gross, like milfy looking blonde women, uh, over the truth. And so what does he get Two movies exposing how big of a creep he is, right? Well, I hope it was worth it. Roger, Roger Ailes getting played by, uh, was Russell Crowe, I think that's cool. I mean, if I could be played by, if, if I, you know, even if it was a hit job, uh, I wouldn't mind be being played by Russell Crowe actually. I think, I mean, do you know, if, if it's like a movie about how, how like if I'm like a big drunk bastard, um, I guess Russell Crowe would make sense, but probably who would they get? Ah, well, we'll we'll, we'll see. I guess you know, so, so someone who looks like John Candy. I guess if they were, you know, just did, made a made a a movie about my youth, like a young John Candy. Like what was it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, was it a kid? Was it the kid who played Derek Zoolander's son in Zoolander Two? <laughs> or no, no, that's that's a fat. No, it's like Josh Peck, but. Drake and Josh, Josh, but you know, fat Josh Peck, that's who would play me, and I'd be like, well, shit, I was hoping for Xavier Dolan, but oh well, at least they got someone who's remotely Irish, all right, anyways, thank you everyone so much for tuning in, I will see you all Monday, 8 p.m., have a wonderful weekend, yeah, open line Monday, since I, I, I didn't end up doing it today, so open line Monday via, you know, I'm gonna try and have a Skype call setup system, so we're gonna try to have that set up for Monday, it's gonna be great, we'll see y'all then. 
a crime We know by now the time knows how to fly <laughs> So here's goodbye So soon you'll find your separate way If time's so short I'll say so long and go So soon goodbye followed me, I followed you, we were like each other's shadows for a while. Now as you see, this game is through, so although it hurts, I'll try to smile as I say goodbye so soon. And isn't this a crime? We know by now the time knows how to fly. So here's goodbye, <laughs> so soon you'll find your separate way. With time so short, I'll say so long and go, so soon <laughs> goodbye.